Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe in Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. NASCAR. Green flag waves again at the World Center Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream, or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9920. 23 and enter the pin 287-723-4600 followed by the pound key twice and now your hosts chris devon perry lester sean platts robert herrick and bill sparks hello and welcome to sports lounge live we are live from naples this is our last broadcast from naples for a while so these guys are going to be extremely busy. Panel, keep to the point and stick to the point and do your job. Go. Okay, here we go. All right. Well, welcome, everybody. This is, uh, uh, let's see, May 31st. Tomorrow is the 1st of June, May 31st, 2020, show number 95. And uh, we have, uh, again, tonight we're going to be diverging at 9 o'clock. Steve Nomer is once again coming on with Let's Get Together. So we're going to be going on just podcast from 9 to whenever we finish up, probably around 9.30 Eastern. So if you uh, want to stick with us and uh, hear more, you get the last part of it on once the podcast is up. But we'll be here till 9, and then Steve will take over. And so we are going to do our usual thing. We're going to do our odds and ends about the world of sports these days. We have some deaths to report, of course. And then we uh, also have the um, uh, day in history stuff that we do. And so I think uh, pretty much uh, we can turn it over to – oh, and I need to say hello to a friend of mine, David, in Hingham, Massachusetts, who I found out is listening these days. He's not even a sports fan, but he likes to – hear us chit chat because uh, I don't know I guess he's been home too much don't ask me but anyway that's a, he's, he's enjoying the show he said okay Sean why don't you get us going and then uh, Robert I know you want to talk about a little NASCAR and then we'll get to the other stuff okay well f- first of all like I said since I don't normally do this at the beginning but I'll do this again for those of you that are listening live if you want to listen to that last part of the show uh, when Steve Nomer takes over live, you can download the podcast at legendoldies.com or type in uh, Sports Lounge Live, your podcatcher, and have it delivered dir- directly to you, and you'll get the last part of the show, the award-winning last part of the show, uh, you know, by the way, which it was award-winning last week, uh, you know. Yeah, it was. So. Great. I'm sure it'll be award-winning this week also, but anyway, or 773-572-3006 option number nine by the way you can email us anytime throughout the week if you have a comment sports lounge at all things net. and remember if you email it to us in there it gets read on the air or we have voicemail you can leave it 800-693-0595 option number two but if you want to call throughout the uh, podcast or the show, you, of course, you have the Zoom number that Marty gave you at the beginning. Or if you just want to come in and make your point and head on out, 317-886-1103, that's how you do that. But if you want to hang and listen, even if you want to listen to the podcast, you got 
646-876-9923, then 287-723-4600. Hit the pound key twice, star nine, raise your hand on the phone, alt-line the computer, and I think there's another way on the on a smartphone to change. But come on in and let's get, what happened in NASCAR today? What happened over there in Bristol? Well, in Bristol, Tennessee, we had a total of 16 wrecks, 16 caution flags. That track always brings up a lot of wrecks and a lot of mayhem. And at the end of it, Brad Kozlowski came out your winner, and that's the second Sunday in a row that he's pulled off a win. Last Sunday, he won the Coca-Cola 600, and uh, this Sunday, he wins the race at Bristol. So... Uh, tomorrow night, they'll have the Xfinity race uh, from Bristol that was supposed to be on Saturday. And then NASCAR will be back to a semi-normal schedule after tomorrow. Next Saturday and Sunday, they'll have the Xfinity race on Saturday from Atlanta. And then next Sunday will be the Atlanta 500 uh, that's on and it'll be on the Big Fox uh, Sunday afternoon. Uh, they said today that after tomorrow, NASCAR will start being on a semi-regular schedule and it won't be the races won't be as condensed as they have been what i was wondering yeah. robert before we get to our other sports how has this worked for them with the, having racing basically twice a week and doing all the things they've been doing with the pit crews with the cars with the transportation with all that stuff has it worked well, out for them better than they a- thought actually, or worse or what actually because of where the tracks have been located they haven't really had to travel as much as they would normally in a normal NASCAR season, because a lot of the a lot of the teams and the drivers live in the southeast, so that that's why they've been uh, that's why they've been keeping the races like at Darlington, South Carolina, yeah, yeah. Charlotte, North Carolina. You know, and the ratings uh, have been through the roof. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, Na- they, see, NASCAR is going to gain more fans out of this because they were one of the first sports to actually come oh. back, and. Yeah. And NASCAR is one of those sports, almost like golf, it can work without an audience because, you know, if you go to, I've been to NASCAR races live and, you know, the cars are extremely loud. So I don't know if people on TV really get to hear the crowd itself. I mean, they get to see the crowd when they're on TV, but as far as hearing them, like. Yeah, you don't hear the crowd, no. Like, like. For for Bristol, we'll take Bristol, Tennessee today, for example. That place holds 160000 for a NASCAR race. And, uh, you know, you would think with that many people that, uh, you know, you'd be able to hear them. Well, with with 40 NASCAR uh, cars constantly running and making a bunch of noise, you really don't hear them. So uh, I think uh, NASCAR's done a wonderful job here. Well, and here's they, another sport. I think we can move on now to another sport who we don't uh, talk about as much. You know, hockey is a little... Hold on, before we get to hockey, while, while uh, we're on racing still, let me just let you know, IndyCar does return this Saturday, the 6th. It was uh, at Texas Motor Speedway, the regularly registered, uh, scheduled race, and it was originally supposed to be NBC Sports Network, but it will be on big NBC with... No fans, by the way. They're not ready to have fans. So this week we have we have IndyCar. Now the Indy Is that the date it was supposed to be, Sean, the 6th of June? Yes, I believe it was. So that's why. See, the Belmont would have been the 6th. So that's why they did that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it is on the 6th. They're returning, and they moved it. It would have been NBC Sports Network. It's supposed to have been a night race, but it is going to be a night race, but still on. It's, they're moving it to big NBC, so and they can, right. they can okay. hype it up and, yeah. So now, 
uh, getting into, we actually had a, I think, uh, you know, for this to happen, and of course I love hockey, I'm a hockey fan, and for this to happen, to have a commissioner actually sit down, this is not what we've had. See, we've had rumors and, and uh, proposals and plans and uh, different false starts and this and that. We actually had a commissioner sit down and tell us what, within the guidelines of health and within the guidelines of safety and within all the unpredictability we all deal with, um, what was going to happen. And we haven't gotten that. We may get that from the NBA this week. Uh, baseball's another story. We'll get to them later. But let me run through what happened with hockey, and then uh, we, can, uh, we can talk about it. And uh, I think it's going to be pretty good. So Gary Bettman had his conference on Tuesday. Uh, and the teams that are – so what each conference is going to have 12 qualifying teams for the playoffs. Usually it's eight, but it's going to be 12. They're going to be seeded 5 through 12, and then the top four will play for the number one seed, and we'll tell you who's doing what. So we've actually had a schedule of uh, competition. We don't have dates for it, but we have a schedule of competition, which is something we don't have anywhere else. So hockey is really doing itself proud here. They got themselves uh, out in front on this, and uh, they, they did their due diligence. They were quiet, but they still got things done. So the teams that are out are Detroit, Ottawa, Buffalo, New Jersey and the three California teams, Anaheim, the LA Kings and San Jose Sharks. Uh, so, and they will be in a draft lottery. The draft lottery was, I, they tried to explain it. I didn't get it. Doesn't matter. We'll figure it out. Robert will tell us when they get the draft order and we'll, he'll, he'll, we'll know. But there's seven, those seven are definitely in the draft lottery with the other teams that are going to be eliminated in the, uh, in the first round, I guess, or something like that. Yeah. Four, the four teams eliminated in the first round. So for the East, number one seed going in is, is the Bruins, number one, Tampa Bay, number two, Washington, number three, Philadelphia, number four. So they're going to be in a round robin to determine the number one seed. They'll play each other. It'll be like a medals round. And what they're going to do is they're going to use regular season things. So it'll be a point. I'm sure what they'll do is point total. So in other words, if a team wins all three games, they get the six points. If they, uh, let's say if they uh, win two and they have an overtime loss, they'll get five, whatever, that kind of thing. That's how they'll do it. And if there's any ties, they'll refer to the regular season. So they're just going to play like a three-game thing. You know, Bruins will play Philadelphia, Washington, Tampa Bay, and they'll all play each other, and they'll de- team determine seeds one through four. And in the East, the uh, matchups are Pittsburgh Penguins at five will meet the Montreal Canadiens. Carolina Panthers, six, will meet the Rangers at 11. So the Rangers did get in. Remember, we were talking about them all the last month of the season. They were playing better, better, better. Well, they made it. The Islanders uh, at seven will meet the Florida Panthers at 10. And Toronto, the dreaded 8-9 matchup, as we always say when we do these, Toronto and Columbus will, uh, will meet. Now, the thing is, we don't know yet whether they're going to do brackets. Okay, so for example, let's say uh, the Bruins maintain their one seed and Toronto and, and they maintain the brackets, then they would play the winner of the Toronto-Columbus uh, series. But let's say that Montreal at 12 beats Pittsburgh and they don't maintain the brackets and they reseed, then the Bruins would play Montreal because they'd be the lowest remaining seed. So we'll see how they do it. They haven't said and, yet. And Chris, one thing we want to point out here is the, the television for all of this stuff is going to be your local station so if whatever if fox sports does your hockey games for we'll say the you know whatever it is whoever the blackhawks or whomever they will televise all this stuff at least up to the you know till we get through this this round that means that nhl network and nbc are not involved it does not they probably they probably will have the games too but it at least through this round your locals will have the games and maybe even the next round because maybe even the the next round yeah because they robert they do televise 
sometimes locally in the first round, do they not? Uh, yeah. Yes, uh, they do. The, the NHL and NBA always televise locally yes. in the first okay. round of the playoffs. Okay, so, but we know in this round you'll be able to watch it on your local. Yep. Yeah. Okay, in the West, the seeded teams, the, and what we mean by that is these teams will definitely be in the next round of the playoffs, the, you know, the, the round of eight, shall we call it. Uh, they're going to just play, again, playing for the number one seed. Number one is St. Louis, number two, Colorado, number three, the Vegas Golden Knights, and number four is Dallas. They're, uh, one of their lineup for series that they will have, and these are best three out of five. I didn't mention that before, best three out of five with regular playoff format. So those those could have sudden death overtimes and all that. It's not going to be the shootout and the and the in the five-minute overtime and all that. These, the, these, the first round here, play-in round, will be the regular playoff format. So you have Edmonton. The one, through four, the one through four is the shootouts and overtimes. The Correct. one, two, three. That's what four. I was yeah. saying. So it's yeah. going to be a compilation of points that's going to determine one, two, one through four seeding in that top prop bracket. So you got Edmonton at five playing the Blackhawks. Now the Blackhawks were not in, but again, we're expanding the playoffs. Blackhawks got lucky. Uh, we had the, uh, they were last in their division, as a matter of fact, so their whole division is getting in. Nashville at six is going to play Arizona at 11. Vancouver at seven is going to play Minnesota at 10. And the eight, nine is Calgary and Winnipeg. Uh, let's see. So again, five games for that round. And again, we don't know if they're going to recede or do the uh, bracket. Uh, the, now, some of the cities that are, and by the way, they're going to do this in two hubs. They're going to have one for the Eastern Conference, one for the Western Conference. And the, there, I don't have all the cities that are up for contention, but I did write down six of the ten. Uh, it has to do with local health conditions at the time, the transportation network, the ease of getting to the arenas. They're going to, by the way, they just announced today, test all the players um, every day before they leave their hotel room that night. Uh, $125 uh, per test. Right, so they're going to spend some money on this, but they're, you know, this is this is really uh, the NHL really is stepping up here while other leagues are, are fumbling. And normally, it's the NHL. I mean, they've had major strikes. They didn't have a season in 0405. Usually, it's the NHL is the laughing stock. They are not right now. No, so, normally Gary Bettman is one of the worst commissioners in all of sports, but he's actually proving in this case to be one of the best. Yeah, he's doing he's doing well. He's he's, yeah. not, he's not as bad as people thought either. But you know, the NHL right. was kind of goofy. Anyway, the cities that I know of, and there were ten listed. I got six. Pittsburgh, Columbus, uh, Vegas, Vancouver, Edmonton, and Toronto. So uh, I can uh, tell you two more, Dallas, Chris. Minneapolis Chicago. and Minneapolis. Chicago and Minneapolis are on that list, too. Chicago and Dallas Minneapolis. Dallas and L.A. are the other four. And Dallas and L.A. Okay. But now, I, think, LA. I think probably, and we won't go into it, but I think Minneapolis probably won't, it won't happen. That's correct. That's getting a little probably, uh, yeah. problematic. And then also... The rate, rates around Los Angeles, I think, are going up, too, so I'm not sure yeah, how they're yeah. going to do with that. Uh, I don't so, know the one, it sounds like the one that, if you were to say a leader in the clubhouse, to go give you a golf term, it mm -hmm. sounds like it might be Vegas. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, so he has phases. He's like a governor. He's got phases for us. This is the start phase or the preliminary. This is the announcement phase. The uh, phase two is the individual workout that may start around mid-June, they're hoping. Again, like governors, he doesn't want to put a, a date on it, but it depends on conditions. And, of course, it's also dependent on how the states are doing, whether they'll let the individual workout start uh, at a given point. So mid-June for that. Um, then the start of training camp at the beginning of July, and the game's in late July. That's the idea. And uh, the, fin the finals are going to be in one hub. So either it'll be probably in the home hub of the higher, uh, you know, seed, you know, whatever, whoever had more points in the regular season or something. So the higher seed uh, will have the, 
<clears throat> the home game, either in the east or the west. They'll just stay in the other, the one hub. They'll just go from the one hub. So there'll be minimal travel. Once you get to your hub, until you're eliminated, you don't have to go anywhere. And you have your hotel room, you're, you're good. And uh, so that's going to be it. Uh, I'm just looking here to make sure... I, and to remind people, else. the St. Louis Blues are the defending Stanley Cup. They team. are. So. They are. And the Bruins have the most points in the league going in right now. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. So for the NBA, uh, we can start into this. They're, they're targeting the end of July, they tell us. The date, that I, the date that I have heard is July 31st. Right. And they're targeting that for the return. Uh, and so that's what CBS, Radio, CBS Sports said. Yeah, what, the what, ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex at Disney Resorts. Right. So it looks like it'll be in Orlando. That's Now, the Board of Governors is going to meet Thursday because there's different plans on the table, and we can talk about them when we get there. Uh, so it is most likely to be in Orlando, but that's not official until uh, they have their press conference. Uh, they did uh, uh, a survey of the owners and, uh, I guess, rated the plans. The the one that it seemed to be the top one, I think, with 83% was uh, – Seven bringing bringing ten teams uh, in each conference back. Seven, ten, eight, and nine would play to determine the last two playoffs. But that now it sounds like it's going to maybe be twenty-two teams bring eleven back. But there's some problems with that, and we're going to look at the standings in a minute because it doesn't really work. So who uh, was that? Mark Cuban's plan, uh, Sean? That they no, that was the Adam Silver plan. Mark Cuban's plan was oh, his plan was the uh, having like a just. The uh, twelve team, the top six teams in each conference have a bye. Then the other eighteen teams all come in and do a play. That was Mark right. Cuban's plan. Adam Silver's plan is he has two twenty-two team plans. One is eleven teams per conference. Which, if you look at the East standings, Washington is the only one in contention. The other is a twenty-two team plan. And you would have the 16 teams that are in the playoffs that would be if they were start right now. Five teams from the West and the Washington Wizards. So that would go for this one, one 16 deal. And he's talked about some round-robin games to get the, who would be seated where, you know, in your different groups. Right. And so, so let me read what this, yeah, what go, this go, go is. What this is. They're trying to get Zion Williamson in the playoffs. Right. That's exactly so, what it is. Let me read you the top. Let's say there's 11 qualified in each uh, conference. And, again, they might do it differently to get, if they did the, the whole you know the whole 16 thing. But they may not. They may stick to the conferences. And, you know, it might be too crazy. to. And then we're not going to even debate about the conferences. We can do that another day, Sean, because we, we don't, never agree on that anyway. But the, the standings right now are in the east. Milwaukee is one. Toronto, two. Celtics are three, Miami is four, Indiana five, then Philadelphia. So they'd be the ones that would have buys in uh, one of the plans. Philadelphia six, Brooklyn seven, Orlando eight, Washington nine, Charlotte 10, Chicago 11. So once again, Chicago gets lucky. Uh, They're a lucky city this year. The ones that would be out in the east would be the Knicks, who are only a game behind Chicago, by the way. But, again, it's like when you do the NCAA. If you're Team 69, you're Team 69. Now, I don't know what they're going to do about that. And they've played in the same number of games. So that's legitimate. But we're going to talk about the West in a minute. New York is out, theoretically. 
again, nothing's official until this is announced. For example, we didn't even know until Tuesday the NHL season was definitely over, you know, until he announced it. So nothing's right. official till the commissioner speaks. As you say, what was the umpire? Bill Clem. It ain't nothing until I say it is. Yeah, <laughs> the Knicks are out, Detroit's out, Atlanta's out, and Cleveland's out. In the West, the Lakers are one, the Clippers are two, Denver three, Utah four, Oklahoma City five. They theoretically would be the ones to get the buys. Then we go to Houston six, Dallas seven, Memphis eight, Portland nine, New Orleans ten, and yeah, they got Zion in there. Sacramento eleven. Now the problem is San Antonio is a half game, according to the standings I saw before we stopped. When we stopped, Sacramento has played one more game and they won it. They, you can't have that. You can't have Sacramento play more games and be one half game ahead of San Antonio. It's the same thing that happened with the Red Sox and Tigers at 72. You can't do it that way. So I don't know what they're going to do about that. But the ones theoretically out would be San Antonio, um, Phoenix, Minnesota, and Golden State. So uh, Steve Kerr gets to stay home, and he's happy. So uh, that's that's the NBA. So the thing is, have they said anything about that? Because you, you can't have that situation with San Antonio. They have not said anything about that. that that is why, that is one other reason why they've talked about the five teams in the West because they're all bunched up together. So right now, if they went, if they went with their plan of the 16 teams, San Antonio Phoenix would be in and Washington would be the only other one from the East and they do some sort of like, oh. That well, they might just trade. They might not want to mix up the whole conference. They might just move somebody into the East or something, you know, move one team or two or something like that, you know, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Cause I don't think they want to do a full bore one sixteen. You, you can do it in the, in the hubs. That's not a problem. I mean, it's not as goofy as it can be. And you can make the TV. You can you see, you got a lot of freedom when you're doing it this way. You don't have fans. You can start games at six in the evening. If you want to, it doesn't matter. You know, you're not dealing with fans being, being there. So, uh, but that, that look, that's looking optimistic. NHL is a lot further along, but the NBA is coming. I think, in the next week, we'll know more well, about it, and hopefully well, what we'll get some do, What they would do, Chris, is since they have so many courts, it, if Disney is now, Vegas is still not out yet. That that one has not been totally eliminated, so you know, let's keep that in the back of our mind. But you mm-hmm. would have games all day because, really, you have all these courts you can use, so you, you would have games yeah. going quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And you can put them on different networks, but what they like for playoffs, especially is they want to have a game, you know, six, eight thirty, well, you know, that kind of thing. And, and well, no, the they, would, they would still, they would still also use for that first round and all that early, they would use your regional Fox sports or NBC sports right, or they AT&T would. sports that they would use them for that first. And then of course, once they got to the round of 16, they, no. and they're saying that would help, a lot of teams get that obligation of the 70-game uh, window right. that they have for uh, contracts with their regional yeah. sports. Yeah, then the, the other thing, too, is what what I would recommend, I would let the five, I would let six through 11 have a round robin and do what they do, and I would let five, one through five play like exhibition games and just play. That's what they've talked about, letting yeah. them do like a... That's because if you play everybody in the round robin one through eleven, uh, they're the t- the top five don't have the incentive that six through eleven do. And and uh, you know here's Milwaukee, they're well ahead of everybody in the East. And you know let's say Giannis can't play for a week and a half with a you know a sprained ankle, they could be the four seed or the five seed. And that's not really fair after the whole regular season. Yeah. So well, you, you can't tell me. That. You can't tell me that they don't want the Lakers and the Clippers and the finals in the West because, boy, when we saw those games this year, those were great games. So you know yeah, yeah, you yeah. know that's really what they want if they could get it, really. Right. Yeah. Right. They want, they want Giannis going head-to-head against LeBron or Kawhi. 
That, yep. that, they would like that. That's true. Okay. Is this a good time to do our break? Because Why don't we do that? Let's take, let's take our break. We'll come back, and then we'll go into the stupidness that is baseball and yeah, other right. things. Yeah. So let's take and our break, Bill, and then, yes, yeah. and then we'll be back. I spend a lot of time in the backyard, and I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores. And in 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit, that accidentally started a wildfire when a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me, but I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. What if I told you that a tornado was going to happen tomorrow right where you live? That it would touch down at exactly 3.17 p.m. and I told you the exact path it would take. You would, of course, prepare. You would talk with your loved ones and you'd make a plan today. It's true. I can't tell you a tornado will strike tomorrow. But shouldn't you have a plan anyway? Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. This is Mario Andretti. You know me as a race car driver, but I'm also a Meals on Wheels volunteer. I've raced against the sport's biggest personalities, but I've never met more vibrant, amazing people than the seniors served by Meals on Wheels. You can make a difference by dropping off a hot meal and saying a quick hello. So, America, let's do lunch. Volunteer your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. I'm going to say we've got listeners from all over. We're not going to take the time tonight because we're kind of pressed for time. But thank you for tuning in to Sports Lounge Live. Yes, hello, just hello, just as a over. reminder, just as a reminder, we will be going podcast only at, at 9 o'clock. So just keep that in mind as we no, we'll get forward. as much in for you before 9 as we can. But the rest of it will be on the podcast. And the podcast listeners, I heard it was seamless last week when we switched. So no problem. Just get the podcast and you'll have the whole thing together. Okay. Probably the first thing before we get to baseball, because that we'll save that for last because it's so just depressing. Um, the Boston Marathon was finally canceled. That was supposed to happen on September 14th, but with international travel involved, 30,000 runners, everybody comes and they, they clog the, the sidewalks to watch this thing. No social distancing can happen. You figure basically the new normal, quote-unquote, is going to be social distancing for the foreseeable, and masks for the foreseeable future. So even once we get everything pretty o- as open as we can get it you know, we, under those guidelines. So there's no way they could do the Boston Marathon. I, I wasn't really surprised. That, that's 124 years in a row they had it through the, through the other pandemic, the 1819 Spanish flu, through the two world wars, through uh, the terrorist bombing, of course, was after the race in 13. It didn't finish because people had to stop running on the course because of the problem, but the race was over. The winners were awarded, so the race was in the books. But just uh, it's a it's a sad thing that 124 years, uh, you know, and they aren't going to be able to have it. But hey, didn't have Wimbledon, didn't have a few other things this year. It's just the way it goes. 
So now one of the things that happened, Iowa State, I guess, Perry, you can comment on this. They announced they're going to try to get 30,000 folks to watch football uh, whenever there's football to be played. Fifty, Yeah, that's 50%. They want, they want to try to do 50%. And then Iowa, uh, the University of Iowa, said they are hoping that by football season they can have a full stadium, which for them would be about 70 70 and 70 and a half thousand or so people. Yeah, but I don't, right. su- I don't suspect they're going to have that. I don't either. And also they're going to have to, I don't know if, is it discriminatory to not invite, invite, uh, allow meat packers to come? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And at this point, and that would be a good thing. Yeah. Okay. And Sean, uh, yeah. Why don't you talk about the whole Texas scene? Cause you, you were talking about what the governor said this week and uh, what he was, what they're talking well, first about. First of all, TCU also announced they will have between 25 and 50% at stadiums. They, they are, but the governor right now, of course, in Texas, starting tomorrow, uh, sports can start in the state of Texas. Uh, recreational, pro, little league, everything can start. You can also have fans at outdoor stadiums as long as it's up to 25%. Now, outdoor stadiums do not include Minute Maid, Reliant, Cherry World, and the new Globe Life uh, Park where the Rangers are playing because they have a roof. Because people have questioned. They said, well, what, about, what if they open the roof? That's essentially the right. outdoor city. And they said, no, no, it does not work. Yeah, and this is all, of course, subject to the league rules. If the baseball's not having yeah. crowds anywhere, then Texas wouldn't either. You know? Oh, look into your phone. Look into your phone, Sean. It's not like you're out in left field. There he goes. Okay, that's what I'm about, that's what I'm about to get to right now is – it's up to you where this weekend the IndyCar race, Texas Motor, Texas Motor Speedway, is having the race. They can have 25% of the fans legally, but they're right. the IndyCar series and Texas Motor Speedway says, uh, let's do it with no fans right now. The Colonial at Fort Worth PGA Tour comes back June 11th. They're saying, no, no, we're going to – PGA is like, you know what – we're going to do no fans right now. And other sports, it's like he left it up to each sport as to what their regulation is. So, right, yeah. Okay. And that also comes in hand for the this week, and I believe it's going to be available on csbi.com. It's a college baseball uh, all-star kind of a tournament, and it's going to help people to be able to scout for the baseball draft in Bryan, Texas, which Bryan College Station is where Texas A&M is. And the 25% of the fans allows scouts to actually go to this tournament. They will have uh, a huge number of all-stars. They will break them into four teams, and they will play a round-robin, uh, 40 all-stars, four teams, a round-robin uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and to get people ready either for the draft or possibly if they're underclassmen and they want to transfer if their school is not bringing back baseball or not allowing, uh, you know, the scholarship thing that they're going. So, and that, so far that the schools that we've heard of that are not bringing back baseball have been the, – the two that I know of are Furman and Bowling Green. They are dropping the programs. And there's a number of schools that are saying, you know what, those seniors, we're not honoring your scholarship. That's also opening for them to showcase their talent for another school who might want them. So this 25% actually allows the scouts to show up at the game. 
Right. But speaking of baseball, I think it's now time to, uh, you know, talk about the elephant in the room. And yes. it's baseball. And, we'll and Perry, you're always our, our updated, uh, you know, updating baseball reporter. So, and you always listen on the Sunday. It's like politics. It's like the Sunday talk show kind of thing. You listen to those guys on Sirius XM and they do like the, you know, you have a chance to sit back, look at what happened during the week and, and evaluate it. So uh, where are we going, Perry? Here's where we're at. So far, the owners presented a proposal to the union that was a sliding pay scale. So what that means is the lower players, like if you like to make the league minimum, you were only going to be cut maybe, you know, a couple of percentage points. If you make, if you're like uh, Garrett Cole saying you make 35 million, you would have taken, I think in the end you would make on their scale, you would make seven or eight out of that 35 on their sliding scale. So that was their proposal, a sliding pay scale, but uh, that's, uh, the union has has already said that is not going to happen. And of course, then we had the players like Max Scherzer come out and say, you know, we're not even going to reopen the negotiations, you know, and Scott Boris is telling his people, you know, don't bail the owners out and all this. And as of today, the union has not even presented a counter proposal. Now, the, what we hear that they will present at some point is they want to play. The owners also had an 82 game schedule. Their proposal would play a 110 game schedule. The owners do not want to do that because they want to get the, the postseason done in October or very early in November in case there is a second wave, which they, nobody knows if or if there will or won't be, but that's right. They have to, they're planning in case there is so that they get, because the postseason makes roughly 787 million for TV and you make a little bit less than that during the regular season. So you clearly want to get that postseason in. Yes. And so, I mean, really, so if, if there's one thing you can say about the baseball players and owners, they're really, I mean, in all honesty, there are no more stupid people because this would be, baseball is struggling right now to remain in the hearts and minds of people. So why would you really want to not come back? Because if you do it, we'll say that they don't come back in, on the 4th of July like they want to, and it's August. Well, by that time, you're going to have the hockey playoffs, you're going to have the basketball playoffs, probably the preseason for the NFL are people really going to care? That's the no. thing. And, and, and right, they, yeah. need to, they need to get back, however it happens. They need to get back. And now you're hearing the reports that two particular owners, uh, Tom Ricketts of the Cubs and Artie Moreno of the Angels, well, is it really even worth playing a season? That's even stupider oh. because the problem there is if you don't play a season. And everybody else la- does. And, and everybody, everybody else, else does. does. You've been without baseball from – very late October of 2019 to late March, early April, 2021. That is, you can't really be gone that long. Right. And, and, and by the way, it is not the health issues from what we're hearing. If they can get the, the money worked out, the health issues are going to fall into place very quickly. So right. it is all a money issue. And as we said last week, Steve Sachs, who, who was a player, he said, he said he retired uh, after the 94 season because he said he just got tired of it. Yeah. Plus, plus he said he wasn't any good anymore, but 
Right. He said, you, I don't he know said who as said players, this. he said, you just get tired of the same old stuff around. on both yeah. sides. You know, the thing is, and this could be attributed to baseball right now if this happens. There was one said about Yasser Arafat, he never missed an opportunity to miss an opportunity. And that's baseball for you. This is their golden opportunity to be the first ones back. That's what they said they wanted to do. First of July, 4th of July, whatever. They'd have, because both hockey and basketball talking about starting right at the end of July, they'd have three weeks of uninterrupted coverage, everybody paying attention to them before basketball yep. and hockey would kick in. And here they are, they're blowing it. Now, their, their deadline, their, their soft deadline, it's not like a negotiation where they go on strike at a certain point, is basically about June 8th or 10th or so. Well, the soft deadline is tomorrow. The soft deadline is tomorrow, but that's the reason it's a soft deadline because they can still continue negotiating afterwards. And bear in in mind with baseball, their CBA expires at the end of next season. I can't believe with the animosity that's going on now, I can't believe that's going to go quietly either. No. And And Ian Ian Happ of the Cubs was saying that, he said this would probably all get figured out quietly behind the scenes if people would if both sides if both sides wouldn't leak selectively to the public. That's right. Well, and the, and the other thing too is, you know, you think about it. Who was one of the villains in 1994? Donald Fear, and he's now with the NHL, and they've got a season. So what is what is that? T- that is weird when you it think is. about it. And 50 percent of baseball's fan base is over 55 years old, and you like we just talked about how the race the 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 ratings are up big time for NASCAR. People are watching it. PGA ratings are going to be up because they were up for the the match. NHL doesn't have a lot of hockey fans. Ratings are up. German soccer. German soccer normally does a two hundred thousand viewers a weekend on Fox Sports One. They're doing a million right now. English Premier League comes back August 17th. The thing about hockey is they're putting their best foot forward because what they're going to provide you when they start right away is playoff hockey. And everybody loves playoff hockey. That's one of the favorite things in sports. Hockey is a very regional sport. But if they're out there nationally and they see that they're making that effort and people who are either unemployed or they've been unemployed, they've, they were furloughed, and they see that this sport is coming, where baseball, which is quote-unquote our pastime, we were in 1960, what were the two top sports, baseball and boxing. That's right. They, they see what, more 2020, they see baseball screwing it up. They're like, you know what? I don't care about baseball. I don't care. 94. I watch 94 hockey. I watch NASCAR. I watch some right. more NBA than I, I did. Yeah, Whatever. I think I, heard, I think I heard a number that was, was – Similar to this, that since the '94 um, strike, where baseball really took a hit because the World Series was canceled, and a lot of people will tell you that's Bud Selig's legacy is he caused the World Series to be canceled. He did, he allowed it. Can yep. you imagine what Rob Manford is going to be though if he allows the whole season to be canceled? Plus, yeah, well, oh, it man. sounds let's like it in. sounds. Like, hold on, just a second, Robert. It sounds like right. with this number that I heard, they've only regained from '94 about half the fans that they lost, yes, even with the good 40, stuff that's happened in baseball. 47% of the fans, they regained 47%. Yeah, but how much money okay, are they oh, making, did they say? Uh, yeah, there was a, a figure that was given out by, uh, what's his name, uh, one of the uh, sports writers about, they're, bill- they're still making billions of dollars. 17 billion, 17 yeah. billion. 
Right. Go ahead, Robert. Go ahead. Um, uh, well, here, here's another problem. I read an article today through uh, Bleacher Report that apparently several other owners have jumped on the Artie Moreno and Tom Ricketts bandwagon. Uh, they they don't if they can't work out a deal with the players, they don't want the season to happen. Uh, they you know they basically said, well, if if they don't want to follow what we want to follow, then we'll just cancel the entire season. Uh, because we want to cut our payrolls anyway. Well, and that's another discussion that was going on this morning on the uh, Sunday show is, should there be a trade deadline? And and the gyms both think that it should be like August 31st, you know, get about two-thirds. If we start on July 4th, get about two-thirds through and then, you know, have just one trade deadline and then you can't do it. But probably what you're going to see is there could be some teams that didn't think they had a chance to win the World Series that are in it and you're going to see some teams unload some big-time contracts just to save money. And you're going to see some and teams also, get some steals with yeah. trades. Yeah. And also, another thing, another thing to consider, um, if we don't have a season at all, what happens to teams like Tampa Bay, Oakland, uh, other struggling financial teams? Uh, are we going to lose teams? If there's no season, we could, we could. Well, yeah, heck, why would you lose teams? They're talking about adding two more. You know, yeah. well, and, well, they were. The other thing they too is all those players that you know, like Mookie Betts, their free agency would be delayed by a year because there's no no season. They're no, not you, get no, 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 no. They get the service time. No. Oh, they do anyway. Yeah, they, they get will the service anyway. time. So that, Mookie Betts, they was, would never perhaps play with the Dodgers. That's correct. That's right. Wow. So, so really, the players, in a lot of ways, these players who are going to be free agents this year, like Mookie Betts, for example, I don't know that he has a great thing for playing because if he if he plays, let's say he blows out an ankle or a yeah. knee or something like that, he's not he's not going to get what he would ordinarily get, and he may not anyway because what you're hearing no. is a lot of these teams, if they don't, if the players don't help them now. They're going to do it over the winter, and you're going to have a lot of these arbitration players that would ordinarily go to arbitration. They're going to be non-tendered, and the whole market is going to be flooded with these non-tendered players just to save money. I think also the whole pie is going to be smaller, so I think Mookie and the guys coming out of this free agency class weren't going to get as much money anyway, no matter how it goes down, you know. Because the pie is going to be smaller because you're not going to have the the revenue that you do when you have fans and then all the other things that come into play, you know. But then so, the interesting also, thing the interesting thing came in today and when uh, Steve Sachs was on and he said, you know, at some point you wonder, like in August or September, they probably need to to put into the whatever agreement they make. And he said, let's hope they make an agreement. But he said they probably need to put in what if we can allow some fans that'll help the revenue a little bit yeah yep okay so do we have any more to say about baby you know i did i'm not that we want no, to move the on only to thing death, is but, the only know. thing is a thousand minor leaguers were released that's yes. correct now according to jim bowden these were minor leaguers that were probably going to be released at the end of spring training anyway but what happened is when they when they shut everything down in mid-march they froze the rosters Right. So you right. couldn't make any moves, and, yeah, and now and nobody apparently really you cut can't. anybody yet. It was still the middle of spring training, so they there were cuts to be made on all the teams. Yeah, so that's right. That makes sense. And then the Red Sox and many teams are paying all their minor leaguers four hundred dollars. You know, yeah. uh, and uh, for the they're Red, all you know, supposed to be month. paying anyway. Well, yeah, but I mean, some teams are saying they won't. Yeah, and the exactly. Red Sox, Red Sox and others are saying they will. So that's what I'm saying. And you, and you know, let's give 
some credit here. And we always talk about these players when they're selfish and they do stupid things and, and this and this. David Price of the Dodgers yeah. probably doesn't know one of these guys in his life, but all of the Dodger minor leaguers that are not making the 40-man roster that are not on it, he is giving them $1,000 through June. David you know, Price is a strange G. dude. That's all I know. I, that's all I can tell you. I guess there's good things about David Price. Players you know, on his team love him, but boy, oh boy, there's other things about David Price that you yeah. just shake your head. Don't and know you know, Jim Jim Bowden was saying this morning. He said, "You have you have the owner of the Dodgers who paid so much and put so much into the major league payroll and this and this." And he said. They're not even paying their minor leaguers. He said, that just looks horrible. That's stupid. That's stupid. No, you expect the Red Sox, Cubs, Dodgers, Yankees, the big teams to just pay the, you know, and that's what John Henry's right. doing, and I'm sure other owners are too. And then but you have I, guys have... like, and then you have guys like the Twins who are, the Twins are a very small market team, but the Twins owner is paying his minor leaguers through the season. Well, that's still the Polads, right? That's still the target money. It, so it that's, is, that's, yes. It is Jim Polad. Yes. Yeah, so that's good because, of course, they've got the money in there, and they understand that, hey, let's, you know, we're, we're, we want – because it comes back to his store. You know, if, if you look at it and people around the country say, well, he owns Target, and he's not playing his, paying his players, and I don't know. Do I want to go to Target or Walmart? You know, whatever. Uh, Chris, so Chris Illich, who is um, the son of Mike, who, of course, owns uh, – Tigers. Yeah. yeah, and he owns uh, one of the pizza things. Uh, uh, little, little Caesars. Caesars. Little Caesars. He said they. He said they are paying their guys because he said, you know what? He said we're a family here. He said they're part of our family, yep. and we're yep. we're doing. So and good. you know what? You know, you, you, I would say with him though, Chris, he is he is keeping his father's tradition going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Okay, now we had a call, and then we were going to play at this point after we got done with baseball to lead us into our death segment. Our friend Marty, who did our promo for us, our intro for us, I should say. Uh, I think, Bill, do you have that available? I sure do. Here you go. Yeah, this calls for Sports Lounge Live. This is Marty Lancer. And a couple things to pass along. Chris, you may have some of this stuff. Biff Polkaroba of the Braves. He was a catcher for 10 years, all 10 years of his Major League service. He died this week, I believe it was Thursday. He was 66. Roy Steele, the longtime public address announcer for the A's, passed away at age 87 this week. He had... Uh, cancer and had been battling it throat cancer for quite a while. Oswaldo Alvarez, who coached the women's World Cup team from Brazil, their last two appearances in the World Cup, he died at age 63 of liver cancer. And on Tuesday, May 26, 1959, Harvey Haddix of the Pittsburgh Pirates, Pirates pitched 12 innings of perfect ball, only to lose in the 13th. Um, so he lost the perfect game, lost the no-hitter, and lost the game in the 13th inning. But for 12 innings on this day, or on May 26, 1959, he pitched 12 innings of perfect baseball. Pretty darn good accomplishment and a sad loss for him. Anyway, that's all I got. Good job, guys, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Well, Thank you very much, good. Marty. And that was good about the Harvey Haddocks. The home run that the beat him was hit by hit by Joe Adcock. Uh, it was the Milwaukee Braves. I'd forgotten about that. And I was thinking about that last week to make sure I put it in on the 26th, and then I didn't do it when we have days in history uh, later on and maybe on the podcast, not on the air. But uh, thank you for that. We don't have the uh, woman's uh, soccer coach, but we got everybody else here. 
So we'll give some more information. And, on and while we're doing while we're doing that, Chris, why don't you try? Why don't you go ahead and get those in before we lose our on-air listeners? Okay. So the first one we have is Biff, Biff Pokoroba, as Marty said, sixty-six years old. He played for the Braves and uh, uh, from seventy-five until April twenty-fourth uh, of eighty-four. He was he played uh, four games in seventy-five, I think. Then he basically came up in seventy-six. He had two fifty-seven, um, two hundred. Uh, uh, 18, let's see, what is this? 374 hits, uh, 21 home runs, and let's see, 172 RSBI, as our friend David would say. Uh, he was an all-star in 78, and he caught the final out thrown in that all-star game by Phil Necro, his teammate. And uh, 77 and 78, he was the main catcher for the Braves, but he hurt his shoulder in August of 78, and then uh, he was uh, – he played in 80, and so he was a backup after that, but he played 81, uh, 20 games in 81 at third base when Bob Horner got hurt. And uh, then he, uh, let's see, then he became their emergency catcher and pinch hitter, and there was no cause of death given. The next one we have is a guy named Chester Farrow, 77 years old. This is one of the Bay's uh, people, uh, and we will do both, we'll do them together, and then maybe Robert, can, or that might be where we break. Uh, no, it's 8.53. Robert can probably do that. All right. Um, looking at the clock. Chester Farrow, 77 years old, scoreboard operator for the A's, at the Coliseum, from uh, the uh, mausoleum, whatever they call it these days, from 69 through 2019. So 51 years of uh, scoreboard operators. And he was an electronics teacher at Monte Vista High School in Danville, California. And he died of cancer. Then we have Roy Steele that uh, we, uh, Marty mentioned, 86 years old. He was the PA guy at the Coliseum for the A's from 68 through 05. Uh, part, uh, and then did a few games in 07 and 08. And I think like one game in 10, just some part-time work. Uh, con- contracted, uh, let's see, achalasia, esophageal. It was an esophagus disease, basically, is what it was. Uh, John Miller called him the voice of God. Of course, he later yeah, called uh, Bob Shepard that with the uh, Yankees. But anyway, he got Don, Don uh, and John Miller broadcast the A's in 74, so a lot of people don't know that. He missed only five games in his whole time there. Uh, you know, uh, all, all kinds. He did uh, the World Series and the All-Star Game when it was played there. And uh, let's see, also did PA for the Warriors in the 70s, and the Oakland uh, Invaders for the uh, 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 USFL, yeah, and the Oakland Oaks for the uh, ABA, and uh, the Oakland Aces, which was tennis. So he did that. So, Robert, why don't you comment on those those, those people? Well, uh, um, I, I don't really know much about the scoreboard guy, but, you know, obviously they liked his work if you're gonna, if he was there for that long. But Roy Steele was definitely the voice of God, and, uh, and uh we have some audio um, that maybe we can play next week if I can get it to Bill that we got sent. And uh, a lot of visiting players, they would enjoy coming to Oakland because they said, oh, we're going to be announced by the voice of God. Because a lot of the American League players in the 70s, 80s, and, and 90s uh, referred to Bob Shepard, number one, Roy, Roy Steele, number two, as far as PA announcers. Okay. Um you know, so. All right. So then we moving on here. I think we can maybe get all these done before we uh, before we leave uh, the radio stay the radio the uh, the internet itself. Roosevelt Taylor, defensive back. He was 82 years old. He was a safety safety for the Bears from 61 through 69. 
San Francisco 49ers, uh, 69 through 71. Washington Redskins in 72. He uh, won the NFL championship with the Bears in 63. Uh, two Pro Bowl in 63 and 68. Uh, he was the interceptions leader in 63. He had 32 interceptions in his career, 13 fumble recoveries, four TDs, three interception runbacks, and one fumble recovery for a touchdown. And uh, so that was that was uh, his career. And I know he also would have appeared. His last game was probably that Super Bowl that the Redskins uh, lost to the Dolphins in 72-73. Yes, season. it was. That was yep. the last game. So, yep. Curtis uh, Cox and maybe Robert can talk about this guy too. 82 years old, a boxer, welterweight champion from uh, the WBA and the WBC when they actually did things together, I guess. He was the champion of the welterweights from August 24th of 66 until April 18th of 69. And then he last uh, lost to Jose Napoli. And then uh, 13 uh, in 13 rounds. Then on the 29th of uh, June, they fought again, and he led, uh, returned bout for the championship, and he uh, was knocked out by Napoli in 10 rounds. And then his uh, career was six, record 62, 14, and 4. He had uh, 30 knockouts. He, uh, he had died of heart failure and, uh, and box of Hall, Boxing Hall of Fame in 2003. So I know, Robert, that was earlier in your boxing career or maybe just before, but uh, what can you tell us about him? Um, uh, <clears throat> not really a whole lot, Chris. So that was a little bit before my time, before I really got into the sport. But... Uh, from that record there, that was pretty impressive stuff. So, uh, mm-hmm. Okay, then we can, we can do one more before it will probably be about time to leave uh, the air. Uh, Bob Bennett, 86 years old, Fresno State baseball coach from 1970 through 2002. In, he, won, uh, he went to the College World Series in 88 and 91. He, uh, he, he, uh, some of the major leaguers he coached were Dick Ruthven, um, Terry Pendleton, Tom um, Goodwin, and uh, Jeff Weaver, and his record was 13.02 and 7.59, very good record. Hall of Fame for college baseball in 2010. Uh, he uh, died of uh, uh, heart uh, surgery complications, and he was the seventh coach to win uh, 1,300 or more games. So that is it for the death. I think that's going to be it. So, Bill, I know we're just a little bit early, but if you want to go ahead and make the switch now, I think that's a this is a good point to do it. Yes. People can still call in on the 317 number if you want, or you can call in on the Zoom number if you want. But, Bill, I think this would be a good time to go ahead and make the switch before we get into the middle of something. Switch has been yes. done now. Okay, All right. then we will so go ahead. We can welcome Welcome to the this podcast. Weekend. We still have uh, the rest of our show, which is the uh, This Day in History, and uh, we have uh, hopefully we'll get a lot in here. And we it's not going to be as long as it was last year, last uh, week. I don't think the show is going to be as long. So on May 25th of 1935, Babe Ruth hit three home runs in a doubleheader against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Pirates who's playing for the Boston Braves. And he walked off the field, and that was it. He didn't even he didn't wait like two days to retire. I remember hearing the story. He just said, "Okay, I'm out of here," and uh, left. And uh, that was it. Wanted to go out on top, and uh, that was it. He was, and of course, he was about forty years old, so that's not surprising. And uh, so that was for the Braves. And then uh, Jesse Owens had a wonderful day, one of the best days an athlete ever had. He broke four track and field records in uh, forty in, in the Michigan relays in forty five minutes, and he had a bat back while he did it. Is what they tell us. Yes, he injured his back the night before, and he could barely walk, even going to. And he took, you know, 
They took the bus, and he told it, I want to try that. They go, you can't. Even going to the field, he said, I don't know. And then when he, once he got to the first event, he was fine. And they called this the greatest 45 minutes of sports. He broke four world track and field records at the Michigan Relays in 45 mm-hmm. minutes. Yeah. So in 65, certain, certainly something I remember very well, Muhammad Ali beat uh, – uh, Sonny Liston with a, a phantom punch, a sucker punch. I don't even know what people call it. There are questions about both of those fights. And I don't know, Robert, you can comment on this where we now have the time. But let me do, just, people aren't sure why in February of 64, uh, uh, Liston did not come out for that. He wasn't, they didn't think he was that badly hurt. They think that the fix might have been in on both of those fights. Now, the reason it was in Lewiston, Maine, which uh, has never hosted anything before or since, was it was going to be in Boston. The second one was going to be in Boston in November of 64. Muhammad Ali had a hernia. They couldn't fight. Then all the stuff started to break loose about Muhammad Ali in the draft. So that was why uh, different boxing commissions said they couldn't fight here, they couldn't fight there. So Maine said they would do it. But the punch, Ali said at the time that the reason people uh, we couldn't see it and it was so cool that the guy who taught it to him was the actor Step and Fetch It. Now, I don't know if you want to believe that one or if you got some land in the oceanfront property in Arizona. But anyway, that was what the story was at the time. What have you heard about stories about those two fights, Robert? Well, uh, as far as the 64 fight, uh, from what I've heard, heard from people that have seen it and, of course, watched documentaries on it, um, a lot of people believe that Sonny Liston was paid off Right. Uh, by the people that were running boxing at that time. Uh, you know, and as we all know, back in them days, uh, the mafia had a lot to do with the sport of boxing. So mm-hmm. uh, I bet there was some, uh, I don't have any proof and nobody else really does either, but I, I would bet in both of those circumstances, there were some shady things going on with yep. both of those fights. Okay, then in 83 on uh, May 25th, we had two inside-the-park home runs on the same day. You don't see that very often. Uh, George Orta and Kirk Gibson both hit inside-the-park home runs. Uh, I don't know whether Orta was with the – we know Gibson was with the Tigers. Orta might have been with the White Sox of Toronto. We don't know where he was. But either way, they had two inside-the-park home runs. And how many of them do you get a year? About 10. So that's pretty cool, you know, that you've done the same day. 84, Dennis Eckersley was traded from the Red Sox to the Cubs for Bill Buckner, a trade of two guys who certainly figured in baseball history for years to come. Uh, Dennis Eckersley, of course, becoming the great uh, – he started with the Cubs, but then he was converted uh, to a relief pitcher by Tony La Russa, and that's where he made his mark. And then Bill Buckner, of course, was a good player for the Red Sox, but he was unfortunately on the field for the ball that went through his legs uh, in the 10th thing, and he shouldn't have been there. And, and of course, out. Dennis Eckersley will always be known, unfortunately, for giving up the goal, home run to, to a Kurt Gibson. Kurt, Kurt Gibson. That we just for, those, for, the, for those of you that hear the beginning of the show, when Marty's talking about baseball and you hear the, the call, that's Jack Buck's call of Kurt Gibson's home run. That's right. So. And then in 1990, the Montreal Canadiens won the Stanley Cup. So that was their uh, seventh Canadian Stanley Cup for the Canadian teams. We ran down last week about Edmonton and Montreal and, and, and Calgary winning those cups. And Montreal finished that streak, and they only one more cup has gone to Canada since then in 93. So Montreal did that that day in 91. Pittsburgh won over Minnesota four games to one and won their first Stanley Cup of the, uh, what What have they won, six, I guess now? Uh, they've five, won quite five. a few, yeah, five. Five, I think, yeah, actually. Mm-hmm. And another thing that wasn't on uh, uh, Perry's, I mean, Sean's list, 
Golden State beat the Baltimore uh, or the Washington Bullets, I should say, at that point, four games to none in 1975. And that won the uh, Warriors their first uh, championship on the West Coast. They had won it in 56 in Philadelphia. It made the Bullets 0-8 in the finals up until they got to play Seattle in 78 because they lost four in a row to Milwaukee in 71 and lost four in a row to the Warriors in 75. And the interesting thing about that, I remember hearing that with Bill King doing the games. They put them on mutual, and they were going all over the country. And we uh, that, was, uh, that was a very weird finals to begin with because – I don't know what was happening with the Coliseum Arena at that time, but the Warriors ended up playing uh, the the two finals home games in the San Francisco Cow Palace. Oh, the old arena. Okay. Yeah, the old arena. So okay. uh, I, now I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember what was happening with the arena at the time. Maybe something uh, had been booked. You know, sometimes they didn't always think that the team was going to go that far, and they'd book yeah. stuff. The Warriors hadn't for a while, and they might have booked something in, like a circus or whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We, we, we told the story on here a few weeks ago, I think, about the Red Wings and Rangers, and the Rangers now had no home games in the finals because the circus was at Madison Square Garden. So, yeah. uh, so. back in those days, things like that happened. Yeah. Okay, moving to May 26, Johnny Rutherford won the first of his th- of three uh, Indy 500s in 74. Danny Sullivan won it in uh, after a 360-degree spin in 85. He won it on the 26th of May. And in 02, Elio Castroneves won it, and that was the second in a row for him on that day. Now, I think that's all we had was Indy 500s that day. Yes. May 27th, nine Indies on May 27th. So we're not going to run. We're going to talk about some of the significance. Rick Mears won twice uh, on that day. Dario Franchetti won twice. And, Frankiti, uh, Chris. Frankiti. Okay, all right, there we go, see? And uh, let's see, and I think that was all uh, for that day. Yeah. Uh, on May 28th of 51, here we go, Willie Mays. He was 0 for 12. He'd come up, you know, heralded a uh, young guy, and he, but he hit his first home run that day of uh, over 600, and he hit it off Warren Spahn. Over his career, the great Warren Spahn gave up eight, 18 home runs to the great Willie Mays. And uh, just one of those things, I'm sure they had a lot of laughs about that when Warren Spahn was around. Uh, but, uh, you know, because he was uh, in a lot of these old-timer things uh, until he died. But that was uh, amazing that he got 18. Uh, remember, you only had 18 in each league. And you played 22 games. You played 22 games against each team in your league. And you played, and people pitched every fourth day. So Spahn and Mays would, you know, face each other very often during a season. And that was a record for most off one pitcher. Yeah, that's right. Uh, okay, then let's see. On uh, on May 28th, uh, they had the latest Preakness. I don't know why it was during on Memorial Day weekend instead of the week before. Normally it would have been the 21st, but Sw- uh, Nashua won it. And so that was, uh, you know, the Preakness in 55. In 57, the Giants and Dodgers got permission to talk to San Francisco and, and L.A., uh, I guess from baseball about moving out there. So, uh, and then in seventeen, uh, Taco Masada, I think his name is. Uh, uh, that may be wrong. We don't know. Tacoma Masada. Well, I didn't get it. I should have had her spell it. But anyway, she didn't. I didn't hear the M part. It didn't sound like a Washington. It sounded like a. A, a, a Mexican food instead of a state, uh, a city in a state. However, it could be, we both could be wrong. Whoever he was, he won it in 2017, and he kissed the bricks. So there you go. He was very happy, and he just won it by uh, 201 milliseconds, you know, so not not bad. And he took the lead with four laps to go. In 78, Al Unser won, uh, won the race, and, uh, and that was his third Indy 500. So we know how to say his name. 
And, and on May 29th, in 71 well, hold on, hours. Chris, before you do that, we'll give you a little bit of a break. Okay. Um, go ahead, Jerry. Okay, when uh, surfing the television today, I found out that MLB Network on TV has been spotlighting games that Derek Keeter played in all day. They've had... Uh, uh, They've like been doing a, that since Friday, Jerry. They've had Derek yeah, Keeter programming since Friday. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, also the Michael Jordan Last Dance is on the regular ABC network now. They had episodes three and four today. They've been okay. doing that, yes. Yes, they've, they've been, been doing that. Okay. Oh, okay. Good. All right. Thanks, Jerry. All right. The 29th and 71, Al Unser won the second Indy 500. Uh, and the second in a row for him. He won it in 70. And 77, A.J. Foyt won it, and that was his second in a row also. He'd won it in 76, then he won it on the 29th of May in 77. And, uh, and, and Janet and Guthrie admit. was, that was the first race she rode in, being the first woman to ride in the, uh, to drive in the Indy 500. And then in 05 and 11, uh, uh, Danny Weldon won uh, the race. I guess he just died in 2000. How did, did he die in a car race? Yes, or he did. Yes, he did. Nine months later, he died in 2012. 2012, yeah. In a race. In and a he race. won in 05 and 11 on May 29th. And in 10, Roy Halladay pitched a perfect game. And that was uh, 20 had done it up to that point. Or he was the yeah. 20th or 21st. He was the 20th. He was yeah. the 20th to do it. And uh, have we had any since? Have we had any since, uh, Perry? Perfect game? We've had three more since. There's three more. Yes, we have. Okay. Yeah. All right. I didn't have anything for you. Yesterday, what I will tell you about t- today, there will be a few, but yesterday, many, 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 many Indy 500s were run because yes. one I will, will mention, though, and the one that's memorable, and we kind of talked about this one time, Eddie Sack. In 1964, the race started, and there was a huge pileup right away, and Eddie Sachs was very badly injured, taken away, and died before the race was over. He had come very close to winning it a couple of times. Like in 1960, he was right there, and he didn't get it. But it was they had to restart the race. They had to get the track cleaned up. There was a delay of about an hour or two. They had to restart the race. So I remember listening to that in 1964 on Memorial Day, when Memorial Day really was on the 30th of May until 1971. So many Indy 500s on the 30th of May. I know that. Uh, and uh, if memory serves, I think A.J. Foyt holds the record for the most Indianapolis 500 wins. I think he's got yes, four he of them. Yeah, so, that's, I think that's right. So, um, yeah. okay, anybody else got anything, or are we ready well, to? Well, uh, just quickly, Chris, I want to go back to baseball for a minute because I want to talk about my disgusting owner of my baseball team. Uh, you talk about a guy that's being cheap. Uh, as you all know, uh John Fisher, the the owner of the Oakland A's, is worth $2 billion. He's one of the leaders of the Gap Company. Okay. Um, and uh, as you know, he, hasn't pay, he has not paid his rent, and he says he's not going to pay the rent unless he knows that there's going to be games played. He, he's not going to do that. Uh, tomorrow he's uh, going I to I suspect, stop by the way, Robert, he will, if that ever goes to court, he will lose that case because Absolutely. even businesses who, you know, small businesses and such, they've had to pay their rent. So I suspect he would yes, lose that case oh, very quickly. Like if you lived in a house that said, I was too sick to live there uh, for two months, so I'm not paying my rent. I mean, that doesn't yeah. work. You no, know, uh, and, he, he, uh, he's an absolute uh, buffoon, idiot. okay? Idiot, yes. And um, one, one NFL note. 
Okay, well, let's right, get the wait, baseball wait minute, stuff. Then, let's get the let's, baseball, let's, then we'll get the NFL. Yeah, well, let's, let's have uh, Robert finish. Yeah, I wasn't done here. Starting tomorrow, he's going to refuse to pay his minor leaguers the $400 right. for the rest of the season. And he said as far as he's concerned, they could all be free agents because he didn't want anything to do with them. He, say, he said, "There's no, I've got no reason to pay anybody because uh, as far as he's concerned, we're not having a season. Yes. And... Uh, Is there a move afoot, Robert, to get rid of him as an owner? You remember Charlie Finley, remember what Harrelson said about Charlie Finley, a menace to baseball? This guy sounds like a menace to baseball to me. Yeah, well, I'm not done, Chris. Uh, He's going to to furlough all of his scouting staff and and fire – 50% 50% of his front office staff. This guy is an absolute idiot, and I don't have any faith that Rob Manford is going to do anything to, but, to remove this and, and here's the pro- here's the problem. Remember, Robert, he also does not get revenue-sharing benefits anymore because of being the cheap like that. No, and you know what he would do with the revenue, uh, Perry? Instead of spending it on the baseball team, he'd put it in his pocket. That's why he doesn't that, get it anymore. That's why that, he doesn't that, get it anymore. Yeah, so I uh, know I, I I don't have any faith in the in the current baseball commissioner to step in and and uh, get him removed. Now there's been all kinds of talk about the New York Mets being for sale, and of course Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez are putting in their second bid to try to buy that team. I w- I wish two celebrities like that would would uh, would buy my team because this guy is an absolute. <laughs> Uh, jerk. Anyway, go ahead with the while NFL. We're, while, no, before we get to the NFL, while we're on baseball, and we talked about Tom Ricketts earlier, but here, here's one, if anybody can answer this one for me. He just launches his own TV network, the Marquee Sports Network. Why in creation would you not want there to be a season? You've launched your TV network and you don't want any live games on it for a year? How stupid is that? Yeah, yeah that's stupid. That is okay, stupid. Sean, NFL note. All right, NFL, the NFL has tabled for now the vote on the 4th and 15 versus the onside kick. They decided on the 28th that they would not, in their in their meeting, they would not vote on it. They wanted to study it more, so we will not have it in 2020. Ah, oh, okay. Not too bad. I, I, I like that idea. I really do. I do, too. I, and I, yeah, I, I, guess, I guess from what I heard this week, the way it was going to work, is you could still do the onside kick if you wanted to, but this would be yes. another option for you if you wanted to take this one. Right. Yes. So you could go and either you could way. Only use it, and you can only use it twice in a game and not during overtime. Right. And it would be from the 20, it would be from your 25 yard line. Yes. Yes. Yep. Okay. All well, right. So do we have anything else? I don't no. think we do. So, uh, Sean, why don't done. you give us the wrap up? All right. Well, folks, as you know, you all are listening on the podcast, and we thank you for switching over or coming over, whatever. Uh, uh, Leave your comments, questions, any criticisms you have for us, 800-693-0595, option number two, or email us at sportslounge at all things radio we thank you and we'll see dot net, all things radio dot net all things radio dot net yes all things radio dot net yes 